What is the craziest thing that has ever happened to you in one day, in just eight hours? Did you win the lottery? Have you gotten married to a person of your dreams? Have perhaps you had a baby in just eight hours? Now that would be a miracle. You know, live through a life or death medical ordeal. Uh, some people just enjoy the most beautiful sight, a place that they've never thought they were going to see. They see it in a day. They travel somewhere and it's an amazing sight. The day, eight hours, can hold a lifetime of beautiful memories. A lot can happen in just eight hours. This is Worshiping God God's Way. My name is Steve Erspringer, and we're looking at John 9. And there is a worship story there that could have taken place in just one day. And these eight hours, they're packed full of important information that we need to know. And I'm going to try to preach this message in 10 minutes. That's the shortest sermon in history. Anyone can do it if they try. So here it goes. Jesus is walking with his disciples. He sees a blind man. The disciples ask the common question, a real straightforward religious question, about the man and why is he blind. They know the scripture stories. Jesus, though, he gives them an unexpected answer. He spits on the ground, he puts the mud on the man's eyes, and then he sends the man to the pool of Salem. And then Jesus walks away. After the man washes his eyes, he just goes home. He can see everything. You know, there's a description of the process in the scripture too, how it happened. But people, as he's going, people recognize him as the blind man, but some don't believe it's him. It's someone else, they say, someone who just looks like that guy. You know, it sounds typical, doesn't it? Like when someone, you hear about someone getting healed and you just don't believe it. I've done that. I've heard people healing stories and I've said, oh, I don't know if I believe that. He gets home and he tells his story. But the people that are there, his parents and probably all of his friends, they say, where is the man that did this? And he goes, I don't know. Now the people take him to a higher authority, to the Pharisees, because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. It was a religious issue. And the Pharisees ask him, then what happened? And the man just explains the story. And they say, was this God or not? His response is, I think it was a prophet. You know, they check with his parents. This is kind of funny. They don't know what's going on. So they run back home. They bring him. They go, we're going to go talk to your parents. And when they get there, the parents, <laughs> they say, you know what? <clears throat> Ask him. He's of age. And the real reason was they didn't want to get kicked out of the synagogue by saying or doing something that would tick off the Pharisees. So they basically throw their son under the bus, even though he was blind and now he's healed. The second time in one day, the Pharisees pressure him again and they tell him, you know, glorify God, you tell the truth, man, because, you know, we know the real answer. But if you don't tell the truth, you're not glorifying God. They put the religious pressure on him. They try to make him say what they want him to say. But this man, he has a lot of tenacity. And he says this, either way, Jesus healed me. He's got no fear of these guys. You know, really, why should he? He's been blind his whole life. What are they going to do to him? You know, but he invites them to become Jesus' disciples. That means this man's already thinking about following Jesus. But they get really upset about that. The Pharisees, they're just disciples of Moses, not Jesus. And the big argument starts to build. He says to them, you don't know where he comes from, yet he healed my eyes. He's kind of making fun of them. They say God does not listen to sinners, only godly people. That's like saying, come to our church 
or you're not a Christian, that kind of thing. They get so upset that they throw him out and they say, it's a sin that caused your sickness. Well, Jesus already answered that question at the very beginning, what caused it. Near the end of the day, four or five hours later, Jesus comes back a second time and he goes right to the man, probably in front of everybody, and he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the blind man says, Lord, who is he? He still doesn't recognize Jesus, but he says, I will believe when I know who he is. There's no theophany of God. The man still doesn't know or sense God's presence. And Jesus just says, right now, this very moment, you've seen me. In all fact, I am the one speaking to you. So Jesus says, I am him. And that man says, Lord, I believe. And he falls to his face and worships Jesus in front of everybody, in front of all the Pharisees, all of his friends, the whole tribe that's involved in this whole thing. And that's all it took. After being healed and seeing Jesus, he recognizes him spiritually and he falls down and worships him. Seeing Jesus with spiritual eyes, bowing down is a natural human response. Blinded by religion, like past repetitive actions and thought, past repetitive theology. We fail to be true worshipers. We wrestle with the fact that Jesus is God sometimes, and we wrestle with the fact that we should be bowing down and worshiping him. Arguing over a miracle is a sign of spiritual blindness. I'll say it again. Arguing over a miracle is a sign of spiritual blindness. Refusing to bow before the healer the invisible God, is also a sign of spiritual blindness. It takes time to become a Jesus worshiper. It took this guy all day, and there was a lot going on. It was a really busy day. See, we hear his name, we speak his name, we talk about him as if we know him, and people say, well, where is he? And then we go, uh, I don't know. He even heals us and we still have questions. He comes to our rescue twice a day in an eight hour period, and that makes it an amazing day. The second time Jesus comes, the man believes that Jesus is God, the healer, the voice of truth. Immediately, without question, he bows before him. At the end of the day, what questions do you have? At the end of the eight hours, are you saying to Jesus, who are you? Are you even interested where he is? Do you know where he is? Or are you ready to say, Lord, it's been a long day. Can you come and heal me? The best thing to do is to ask him the next time you see him. Perhaps at the end of the day when nothing else is happening, work is over, and you're too tired to argue or discuss or be theological about something and you actually might have time to hear his voice. At the end of the day, that eight hour period, the goal is to worship God, God's way.